Many counted out the Washington Commanders as a team that was going to sit at the bottom of the league, but they're beginning to prove that they could be much more in the middle of the league with potential to become even better. All of that and more on today's Victory Monday episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Victory Monday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me if you want to by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. To do that, just go to joinsubtext.com slash Commanders. The first two weeks are free, so you get to, to find out what being an insider is all about. If you like it, you stick around. If you don't, I appreciate you giving it a shot anyway. We enjoyed the text messages that we exchange in the meantime because that's exactly what will happen. You put my phone number in your phone. You text me. I text you back. Uh, everybody has a good time during games, practices, press conferences, uh, random Saturdays, or or sitting in the, uh, the airport waiting to travel for games. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and of course, I'm your host for this program, David Harrison, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan and Nation, here with you every Monday through Friday, especially after a Washington Commanders win, which we have done twice now this regular season. And every day, you're here with me every day. Every time we drop an episode, you come through and support the show. So I greatly appreciate you for doing so. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We've already got a couple people interacting in the live chat. Please go ahead and do that. I cannot uh, interact with it as I do the live. Just too many other buttons uh, to push to uh, to produce this thing live. But I will go back through uh, and read the live chat. And I certainly like seeing you guys discuss and engage and Agree with what I say, disagree with what I say, add your own opinions on top of what I say. So continue to do all of that. On today's episode, we're going to hand out game balls because that's what you do when you win. And we're going to talk about why this team reminds me a little bit of a classic story of good versus evil. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a frog stuck in my throat. It's it's uh, really not convenient when you're doing a live episode. Before we do all of that stuff, we're going to talk about uh, how the Washington Commanders went to Denver and left because I'm still in Denver sitting in my hotel room, as you can see, uh, if you're here with me on the live episode. Uh, but they are on their way back to the DMV carrying a 35-3 to win in their luggage over the Denver Broncos. Uh, and what I'm doing this year on my immediate post-game episode is first segment, I'm giving you three things off the top. This is three things that I'm taking away from the game right off the top of it. The first thing being this team maybe reaching hard out status. And that's one step from being competitive. And if you are an everyday and you've been around for maybe about a year or so, you've heard me kind of talk about this, right? I have this theory in the National Football League. And basically what I, I like to do is, you know, we, we've seen tiers become very popular, right, uh, lately and, and with graphics and PFF does them and rankings and all that stuff. But I've got kind of my own four tiers that I like to break NFL teams into. 
those four tiers are underdogs, right? And then you think of like the Arizona Cardinals, the Houston Texans, the Carolina Panthers. Those are underdog teams. They're teams that are going to go into most of their games this season, and people are going to expect them to lose. They're underdogs. Then you have teams that are hard outs. These are teams that are considered kind of those underdogs, right? But everybody kind of understands. So you might come into a game favored by three, favored by three and a half, favored by four, but you're going to be in for a fight. You're, you may only win by one. Uh, you may even lose that game. That, those are hard out teams. Those teams are looking to become competitive. Those are teams that at the end of the year, late December, early January, they're going to be in the playoff race. Doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs necessarily, but they're going to be in the race. They might even be in the postseason on a fairly regular basis. Think Dallas Cowboys, for example. Uh, and then you've got contenders, right? The Eagles right now are contenders. The Kansas City Chiefs have been contenders, and eventually they become champions uh, on, on occasion, of course. Uh, and there's some other franchises that tend to be contenders, and then every franchise wants to meet uh, that level, right? Well, coming into the season, and you all know this, you've seen the national media reports and opinions and comments and rankings and all this other stuff. Uh, the commanders are basically considered, if you were to take everybody else's opinion into my tier category, uh, categorization, they're underdogs, right? They're, they're a team that most people are going to expect to lose week in, week out. Well, I think they're starting to prove that they're a hard out team. That's kind of a weird thing to say because they're 2-0, so they haven't actually been out yet. They, they've won both their games, but when you contextualize, it's the Arizona Cardinals expected to have the number one overall pick, expected to trade out of the number one overall pick for a King's Ransom so somebody else can come up and draft Caleb Williams uh, out of USC. The next level is hard out, and, and that is where uh, you want to be. The Denver Broncos, they kind of want to be that hard out, but they're kind of like a hard out roster that kind of plays like an underdog. You know what I mean? So the reason I say that they're approaching that status or approaching proving that status, to me, they're already that status, right? And I think to a lot of Commanders fans, they, they think that their team is that status. But I think the rest of the league will really kind of start looking at them through that lens if they beat the Buffalo Bills or if they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know they beat the Philadelphia Eagles last year in Philadelphia, ended their undefeated streak, all that stuff. But you got to do it again, and you got to do it with this current version. So if this Washington Commanders team that's already done what they needed to do in the first quarter of the season, they've already won the first two games. And if you go back to the regular season projections, that's kind of what I said. You got to win the first two games. Go 2-0, and because then if you come out of the first four games 2-2, two and two, you don't love it. You know what I mean? Again, it's par for the course. That's what I called it. And par for the course, you're okay. You're not sad. You're not happy. You're not throwing a party, but you're okay. Then you got the Chicago Bears coming up. They just they just got uh, beat by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Held in there for a little bit, but at the end of the day, they got they got run off. Uh, they're zero and two. They're not looking very good uh, as an organization. So that will hopefully be a team that this team can beat. And you've got some other games. This overall, it's a tough schedule, but you've got some other winnable games. And like Coach Rivera said before earlier in the season, you always want to kind of be playing from ahead. So going into games against Buffalo Bills against Philadelphia Eagles, haven't gotten too deep into Buffalo yet, but can this team beat one of those two teams? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've already proven they can beat Philadelphia. The Buffalo Bills lost to a Zach Wilson-led New York Jets team. Uh, they did beat the Las Vegas Raiders. But this is definitely a team, I think, that if they're on their game, and that's the reason we play all the games because sometimes people don't show up, which we'll talk about here in a minute. If they're on their game, they could certainly go 3-1 and one in this in this next stretch if they beat the buffalo bills we're, we're gonna be talking about whether or not this team can go four and oh that's gonna be really exciting so i really think that the washington commanders are starting to prove to people that they are a team to be reckoned with and basically put them in the hard out category nobody's gonna put them in the competitive category yet but you beat buffalo or you beat philly or you beat both you're definitely going to start getting some conversation about getting bumped up to that competitive level
That's my first takeaway right off the top. Second takeaway, Eric Bieniemy is that dude. Second week in a row, we have seen Eric Bieniemy go into halftime, formulate a plan, and I don't know if you understand, halftime is not very long. Like, it's 15 minutes long, starting from when the, the second quarter clock hits zeros. So by the time the players and the coaches get off the field, get into the locker room, and have a second to breathe, you're probably already two and a half minutes through, and then it's going to take you two and a half minutes to walk back out. You need about another two and a half minutes to warm back up. So seven and a half minutes of your 15-minute break are gone. So really, you got about seven and a half minutes. In that seven and a half minutes, Eric Bieniemy, two weeks in a row on a roster that he's just getting his hands on with a team that he doesn't really know a lot about, is making adjustments that are working beautifully. Whatever it is, whether it's the genius of the scheme or his ability to communicate with his quarterback, his offensive players, whatever it is, his rhythm of the game, Eric Bieniemy has proven through two games that he is a guy that you can trust to go into halftime and come out with a very, very viable plan. And that's very exciting when you go into a game against Buffalo Bills uh, and against the Philadelphia Eagles. You feel like this is a team, as long as they go in with a fighting chance, you know what I mean? One score away, maybe one and a half scores away, like a, a touchdown, a field goal, 10-point lead, uh, something like that you feel like your team can get back into the fight, and that's incredibly important. I think it's kind of rare for this group, and I don't know if everybody is embracing it yet. Third thing, uh, Chase Young is back, guys. We've been talking about this all training camp, all offseason. I know it's frustrating watching the, the, the injury things, and he will he, won't he play, all these things. It's very frustrating, but he's back finally. Didn't play the whole game, was on the pitch count, all that stuff. Three tackles, one and a half sacks. I don't know how many snaps he's played just yet because we don't have those counts yet, but one and a half sacks matches the amount of sacks he had through eight and a half games in 2021. Uh, that's a pretty good debut, I think, especially when you're not playing the entire game. Chase, after the game, told us in the locker room, quote, just feeling blessed. Been a long time coming for me. Just a blessing to be running around on the field, being out there with the guys. I think that was the most exciting for me uh, thing for me. End quote. Ron Rivera said it was great to see him out there. He was feeling anxious. And a couple of times he's running out there when he's not supposed to and he's not listening. He just wants to play so badly. So it was good to see him play the way he did. He started to get some rhythm going. He and Montez had a couple really good quarterback rushes that were really good to see. So I'm anxious to really watch the tape and get a chance to study him a little bit. End quote. Me too, coach. Me too. Uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young at one point shared a, a sack. Uh, they met up at Russell Wilson. It's the thumbnail photo for this episode. Uh, best buddies. I mean, couldn't be happier for them. Chase's first game uh, back with his buddy. And uh, they share. They go ahead and they, they split a Russell Wilson Sunday uh, on Sunday afternoon. So uh, we're going to get deeper. Those are my first three things right off the top. More coming about this Washington Commanders win in week two. 2-0 two start. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
Uh, a little premature with the uh, segment music there. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Uh, Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the winnings roll in this weekend, but hopefully you have better luck. I took Saquon Barkley for more than 60 yards, and he delivered. And I took quarterback Patrick Mahomes for more than two passing touchdowns, and he did not. But that's okay, because next week is another chance to get it right and to turn a little bit of money into a little bit more money. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now also offers also offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, it's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the promo code LockedOnNFL. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And no, I'm not going to make you sit through the segment break music again. We're just going to roll right into segment two here of Locked On Commanders. Uh, thank you again for making Locked On Commanders first listener review today and every day. Every day is again. Thank you for coming through, especially on Victory Monday. So let's go over the game script, right? I'm kind of steering into this whole the game is scripted. Uh, and it's funny, I actually had a friend tell me, you know, Aaron Rodgers gets injured and everybody's surprised that Zach Wilson and the New York Jets beat the Buffalo Bills. But it's because of script had Aaron Rodgers and the Jets being Buffalo Bills, and they couldn't do a rewrite in the moment, so they just had Zach Wilson step in and be the body double for Aaron Rodgers, and that's why the Jets won. So let's talk about the script here, because this story on Sunday between the Washington Commanders and the Denver Broncos was wild. And the only classic story, and I'm, I don't claim to be some classic literature genius here, guys, but the only classic story I can think of is the story of Jekyll and Hyde. All right, that's that's pretty much the theme here. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. By the way, Mr. Hyde is the bad one. If you don't know that, some people don't know that. Mr. Hyde is the bad, bad one. Dr. Jekyll is the good one. I know Jekyll kind of sounds traditionally like he would probably be the bad guy, but it's actually Mr. Hyde. So Hyde showed up first in this story, right? And I think in the real thing, Hyde didn't show up first. First, it was Dr. Jekyll. Then Hyde showed up later. Well, this story, Hyde was right off the jump. And maybe it was the altitude right? Maybe it was the beet juice because in the story, Jekyll and Hyde, there's a potion that turns Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Maybe it's the beet juice. I don't know. But whatever the potion was that turned the Washington Commanders into the Washington Hiders, interesting, uh, it caused miscues in all three phases of the game. Some early offensive miscues. Uh, first off, quarterback Sam Howell, 10 for 13 to start the game. That's 77%. That is not a miscue. That's nice. Uh, 93 yards and a 96 overall QBR, which is interesting because before the game, talking to a bunch of media members, we're all kind of just, you know, uh, talking amongst each other and saying, here's what I think, here's what you think, all these things. And I told some people, I think that if Sam Howell finished week two against the Denver Broncos with a QBR over 90, then he should, or the he, they, the Washington Commanders, should be able to win the game. Well, he finished the game with a 108.8, and they won the game. But despite that early proficiency from the quarterback and 77% completion percentage, right? Washington had only three points at the end of the first quarter because a missed field goal, which came from after a bad snap from Cameron Cheeseman. Uh, and then they made one Joey Sly field goal, especially, which was a much better operation from snap to hold kick. But where the offense did bog down and have some Mr. Hyde type moments was in the second quarter 
when Sam Howell led his offense on two straight three and out possessions, back to back three and out possessions. This is while his defense is giving up three touchdown drives in a row to start the game. And no, he's not responsible for the defensive output, all that stuff, but complimentary football is always the goal, right? During those two three and out series, Sam completed one of four passes for one yard. That's all he was able uh, to do on those 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 three series or those two three and out series. The first of those three and outs was capped off by a sack, which Sam took because he held the ball too long. Uh, and no, he was not responsible for all the sacks. I know that made people upset last week. The second three and out came after a misfire on third down, intended for Terry McLaurin, and just was not uh, in anywhere near where you would want to put it. By the end of those drives, Howell had completed 65% of his passes for the entire game. Again, after starting at a 77% clip, that's not where you want to be. Of course, the offense wasn't alone. The special teams unit not only missed the field goal, but then they gave up a huge punt return. And I know that that huge punt return didn't actually end up resulting in points for the Denver Broncos, but you still, and and believe me, special teams coordinator Nate Kazer is not going to be happy with that, uh, and they're going to be talking about that. Defensively, though, I think things were a a little bit worse. The unit was good at keeping the edge, especially against Joshua Dobbs, especially against the running attack against the Arizona Cardinals in week one. Not early on in week two, however. Javante Williams started the first quarter, two carries, 24 yards. Boom, right off the bat, 12 yards per carry. Thank you very much. First half, he had eight carries for 42 yards, which means he's well on his way averaging to a 100-yard rushing day. Well, I'm not so sure, honestly, that the Broncos don't stick with Javante Williams and maybe he got banged up or something. I don't know what the deal is, but if they don't, if they stick with Javante Williams, I believe they might actually win this game. Now, thankfully for the commanders and for us having this, having this conversation, they decided not to do that. After eight carries in the first half, he had four in the second half and he had two catches, both in the second half. So he had six touches. So this guy had eight catch, eight carries in the first half, well on his way to a 100-yard rushing day. Against the Washington Commanders defense, the Broncos are winning, and they decide, well, let's go away from that because why continue to do what worked? Again, good for the Broncos or for the Commanders defense, but the Broncos scored two touchdowns in the first quarter on the first two drives of the game for them. Uh, one coming on a one-play 60-yard drive uh, from a Russell Wilson, or thanks to a Russell Wilson pass to rookie receiver Marvin Mims. Speaking of Mims, that rookie had two catches for 113 yards and a touchdown in the first half, and Russell Wilson was six for eight for 75%. Uh, completion rate in the first half with 154 yards passing and two touchdowns with nine minutes and one second left in the first half the denver broncos led the hide like washington commanders 21 to 3 and i think collectively we were all bracing for a pretty long day right i think we were all pretty much bracing for a long day and even longer trip home for those of us who had to travel all the way to colorado but then the beet juice wore off the potion went away whatever the voodoo was the magic was it all went away. What happened after that was quite honestly just a lot of fun to watch and something that wouldn't have happened with this team in the past three years or more. I think we all can agree with that because that, my friends, is when Dr. Jekyll showed up. And we're going to talk about that next here on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. And this episode of Locked on Commanders brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers, you can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers, new or old or whatever, uh, you bet $5 and you get a $100 offer off of NFL Sunday ticket. I recently took advantage of that. I've got all kinds of games DVR'd uh, on my iPad for my flight back from Denver tomorrow. I think I'm going to watch one of those games tonight, but that's on YouTube, YouTube TV. Right now, the 2-0 Washington Commanders are 6.5-point home underdogs 
against the one in one Buffalo Bills in week three. So if you think the Washington Commanders are going to clear that six and a half point spread, by all means, uh, throw some money on that. Tomorrow, Monday night doubleheader, there's a pair of field goal or less spreads. The New Orleans Saints are favored by three to beat the Carolina Panthers, while the Cleveland Browns are two and a half point favorites to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. All right, wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Uh, again, Mr. Hyde showed up to start the game for the Washington Commanders, but eventually Dr. Jekyll did show up. Uh, and when he did, the Washington Commanders, uh, I think if most of us are being honest, it's not something that we came to expect. It's something we've come to expect the Washington Commanders to flip the script, uh, or in this case, turn the page of the script because it was already written. Um, and hopefully this is a sign of things to come. And maybe there will come a time where we can sit in the press box, in the stadium, at home, in the bar, wherever you are watching the game, wherever we are watching the game, and actually expect it and see maybe a team, you know, look, maybe a team jumps on them and we say, it's okay, there's three quarters left. And that's why I sell some of my insiders. I get, I look, I get texts from my insiders during the game, like, this is terrible. This is, this is ridiculous. I can't believe this is happening. How is this happening? And I just tell people there's a lot of football left to go. Ron Rivera said, you know, he was asked what the message was at halftime. And the message you said at halftime was two quarters. There, you know, there's two quarters left. There's four quarters total. Like we, we still have a lot of football left to play. And that's the best I can tell you, honestly, when that's going on as an insider. I can't, I can't really sit here and tell you what they're going to do, but I can tell you that there's just a lot of time for them to do stuff. And fortunately, the Washington Commanders did exactly that on Sunday. Like Coach Rivera said after the game, everybody would rather not have to rely on that resiliency or have to sit there and say, I'm confident they can come back. But it is good to know that potentially they could. And again, the Buffalo Bills, Philadelphia Eagles, two totally different beasts compared to the Denver Broncos and the Arizona Cardinals. No offense to those teams, but we're talking about two different animals. So we'll see, again, another batch of measuring sticks to see where this team truly, truly stands in that conversation. After everything that happened earlier in the game, and even as Sam Howell's completion percentage started higher, fell below 70, things eventually started getting better for the Washington Commanders. After the two, three and outs that we just got done talking about, Howell completed 16 of his next 22 passes in this game. That's a 73% completion rate for just those sections. So, again, we're back in the 70s where you want to be minimum in the 70s. And he threw 205 yards and two touchdown passes in that span. He also ran twice for 13, but he also had a bigger run that was called back on a, I think it was a holding penalty. So, uh, a good amount of offense from young Sam Howell there. Despite another missed field goal by Joey Sly, the commanders, had an 11-point lead with a 7 minutes and 11 seconds left in the game. And what's interesting about that, actually, is I went back at some point during the offseason. I want to say, and if somebody wants to fact-check me on this, uh, you can. I want to say that last year, in every game that Joey Sly missed a field goal, the Commanders won the game. I don't know if, I, if that's right. No, not extra points for field goals. I don't know. I vaguely remember maybe having a nugget like that. So let me know if I'm wrong about that. I could be. Meanwhile, back to today's game, the Washington Commanders, that had given up 211 yards on defense in the first three Broncos drives of the game, surrendered less than 200 total yards over the last eight drives of the game. And if you take away the last drive of the game where the Denver Broncos hit the Hail Mary passes, obviously that's a lot of yards. Washington actually surrendered 96 yards from the middle of the second quarter until that Hail Mary drive. In fact, from the 757 mark of the second quarter 
to the 732 mark of the third quarter. So basically a full quarter. The Washington Commanders defense allowed 12 yards. On two drives, they allowed 11 yards on one. They allowed negative 11 yards on the next. 12 yards total from 757 in the second quarter to 732 in the third quarter. That's good defense. So that's where Dr. Jekyll showed up, and that's where Dr. Jekyll helped save uh, the game. And, yes, Cameron Cheeseman, absolutely. I got one live comment that I can see right now. Uh, Cameron Cheeseman botched the snap on the first uh, uh, missed field goal. I didn't personally see it directly, but like the Nikki Javala, Ben Standig, uh, Scott Abraham of ABC Seven was watching at home. Like enough people were watching it closely, um, and and they all said yes that he botched the snap. So, look, Cameron is is trying a new grip this year. Um, I'm kind of an if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of guy. You know, it's their process. I'll let I'll let Nate Katzer deal with that and. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it gets, you know, it gets better. Um, but back to this win, game balls. The Washington Commanders get a win. They get game balls. They handed out game balls for real. I saw Emmanuel Forbes walking to the bus with his first interception ball. Congratulated him. Uh, he was very, very happy to have that ball in his hands. First game ball goes to quarterback Sam Howell. Look, second straight fourth quarter comeback. And, yes, I know, you don't want to be in a fourth quarterback, a fourth quarter comeback situation in the first place. But if you're going to be, you want a quarterback that can stay calm Stay cool, stay collected, and execute in those situations. Sam Howell has proven to be a guy that can do that, or he can orchestrate the offense the way that it needs to be done. Um, so I think that he deserves credit for that. Even and you know, again, Ron Rivera said it. I asked Sam at his his post game press conference about the fourth quarter comebacks. You can kind of tell he was like, ah, you know, he'd rather not be in that situation. But you know, and he he shared some praise with his teammates, of course, as well. But also three knows a starting quarterback, first time or not first time, but he's the third quarterback in Washington history to win his first three starts with the franchise. So game, game ball one, going to Sam Howell. And again, just back to last week, this doesn't necessarily mean he's the most important player, just he's a guy I want to give the game ball to. So we're going to throw him out there. Game ball number two, Logan Thomas, the tight end. Look, he caught some flack for dropping a pass, uh, not well, dropping multiple passes last week. And he did have maybe a drop. You know, There was some argument in the press box about whether it should be counted a drop or it was just a contested pass and whatever, whatever. But bottom line is there was a target to Logan. The ball hit the ground. Uh, but he held on to a critical touchdown pass. When you think about this, this is a two-point win for the Washington Commanders. So every touchdown pass was a critical one, right? Logan Thomas holds on to a touchdown pass in the middle back part of the end zone despite being leveled by a dirty, dirty blow from Broncos defensive back Kareem Jackson. I'm going to talk about this real quick. He should absolutely 1,000% be suspended. As far as I'm concerned, he should be suspended for at least two games. I wouldn't be mad if the, if the NFL decided to do four four games. But looking at the way they hand out punishment in other situations, I don't think I would expect four games. And yes, before anybody says anything, if that were a commander's defender who laid out a dude last week the same way, laid out a guy this week the same way, absolutely I would be saying the same thing. I don't know. I can't prove it to you until it happens. Hopefully it doesn't happen. And honestly, knowing guys like Defoe, Cam Curl, all these guys in the secondary, I don't see it happening, which is a good thing. But yes, Kareem Jackson should absolutely be suspended because that was not a football play just a dude being aggressive. Watch the play again if you don't believe me or if you think I'm wrong. The dude launches his entire upper half of his torso, chest, shoulders, helmet, into Logan Thomas's face. This is not, I try to hit him high and deflect the ball. This is, I try to take his head off. And I don't care what era of football you want to come from. That is dirty. As far as I'm concerned, I've always been this way. If you knock a player out, I don't think you should be allowed to come back until he does. You put a dude in concussion protocol, and I'm talking dirty plays. Like I'm not talking just run-of-the-mill plays. If you knock a dude out, 
on a dirty play and he has to miss time, you should miss that time. That's just the way I see it. I don't know. Maybe it's eye for an eye. Call it what you want. But that's all I'm going to say about the Kareem Jackson situation. So, you know, uh, be what it is. But Logan Thomas, you know, look, a lot of credit, I think, deserve for holding on to that ball. Uh, Candy Waller of Bowie TV ran into Logan Thomas outside the locker room afterwards. He said he feels fine. He said he thinks he'll clear protocol rather quickly. Of course, a lot of players say that kind of thing, so we'll see what it is. But it was just good to hear that Logan Thomas was out there smiling, smoking, and joking. Not smoking, but that's just a phrase. Joking with uh, Candy Waller, friend of the show of Bowie TV, uh, talking to her outside the locker room on Sunday night. And then third game ball, going to Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I don't know. They're going to share it. They're, look, they're best friends. They'll share uh, they'll share a lot of things, right? Both of them came up with one and a half sacks in this game. Young matches his 2021 output of eight and a half games uh, uh, with just one game in 2022 or 2023. Wow. Montez Sweat now on pace. One and a half sacks week one, one and a half sacks week, sacks week two. On pace for 25 and a half sacks. Dude is literally starting the season on a record setting pace. So Montez has to get a ball. And we're going to give a bonus game ball to assistant head coach, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy who uh, is a Colorado Buffaloes alum. If you didn't know, Colorado Buffaloes won a thrilling game uh, on Saturday night against the CSU Rams. And now, personally, Eric Bieniemy has a 16-game winning streak against the Denver Broncos. He says it doesn't matter. I don't care. I think it matters, and I think it's cool. And I think any competitor would be proud and smile about that kind of a record. So Eric Bieniemy, Colorado football, very successful weekend for EB. So very happy for him. If you got game ball candidates that you want to drop, Drop them in the live chat. Drop them in the YouTube comments. Coming up tomorrow, and this is Tuesday. So this is my Monday episode, guys. I got to fly back from Denver all day Monday. I got some recordings to do for for my other show, and I got to work early, 5 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday morning. So this is my Monday episode, but we will be back Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as we go through more practice and get ready for the Buffalo Bills to come in and get their butts kicked in FedEx uh, next Sunday in week three. Hopefully you're going to be there. Hopefully FedEx is going to be packed again because you know those Bills fans like to travel. So hopefully all, all the Burgundy and Gold fans are buying up the tickets. In the meantime, if you got questions or comments, throw them into the YouTube comment section, hit me on Twitter, email me, or send them to me directly via text message by becoming a Lock Insider at joinsubtext.com slash Commanders. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day, every day, every dayers. Greatly appreciate all of you for coming through. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. We're less than 200 subscribers away from 6,000 subs on the show and we've only been doing we've been doing this for less than two years that is amazing pace so i appreciate all your guys support uh so far on the show like hitting that many subscribers this quickly is almost unheard of in this business but believe it or not we're not the most subscribed to show on the nfl channel on the lockdown podcast network so let's get some work catching up if you if you don't mind dropping a sub help me get to six thousand. that would be very very appreciative bottom line i appreciate everything that all of you do thank you for making locked on commanders first listen of the day thank you for making me a part of your day part of your football routine until we speak again if you're out and about please be safe be kind and i'll see you next time for another episode of locked on commanders part of the locked on podcast network your team every day 